come from above to see. You already know what it means to be born again, isn't it? I even ask you what it means to be born again. It's not a big story. You know. What scripture? Oh, John 3. You must be born again. Huh? And Jesus said, in John 3, read from verse 1 to 3, he said, Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Is that okay? Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. But you know, often and again, we use that to mean, except, maybe, I don't know how we translate that in church, and we think it has to do with what brings you into the church. Uh, so, when you go to crusade, and you're born again, you feel a card, huh? and then you come into the church. No, you are not born again to come into church. You are born again to see the kingdom. And then you are born again to enter the kingdom. I want you to understand this thing. They are very simple, but we use them every day. Just like Act 1, I think verse 11 or something. Somebody was quoting the scripture to me. He said, well, what have you got to say when the Bible says, as they were beholding, and angels came and said, no, there is nothing like angels in that place. What you find is two men told them, why are you beholding or gazing? Two men told them. What am I trying to say? We read what we know into the world. And so it doesn't work. Because that is what we know. That is what we have been told. And we have believed it without checking it out. And so we don't know exactly what God is saying. So we often ask people questions. Are you born again? Have we done that before? Are you born again? I say, yeah, I'm born again. I was born again five years ago. <laughs> Maybe the next question you should have asked is, have you seen the kingdom? Because when you're born again, what, what's the next thing you do? You see. So how many people see the kingdom because you are born again? Now, I want to show you something. So are we there in John chapter 3? Let's look at it from verse 1 to 3. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God. For no man can do these miracles that thou doest except God be with him. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. Now, what, what is it that Jesus was trying to tell Nicodemus? Was he telling him to be born again, to belong to a church? He was saying, Nicodemus, you believe I come from God? I came and I represent the kingdom? If you must see the way I see, you have to be born again. Are you understanding me? Now, I'm going to make you see some things. How many of you, now, let me just explain this. The word again is not necessarily saying a second time. Because that is what confused Nicodemus. So, born again to us means you were born in your human state by your parents. Now, you have to be born again into the kingdom as it were. And so, it's a two-part process. That is not exactly quite two-part, but that is not intent of again the word again anothem in the Greek actually means from above and that is very crucial for us to understand you must be born from above he didn't say you must be born a second time Nicodemus got confused and said 
Should I be born a second time when I'm old? Can I get back into my mother's womb and be born a second time? Do you understand that? When he uses the word born again, he's saying you must be born from above. Hallelujah. So, look at, look at another scripture we say, dead are of the arty, bear the image of the arty, right? And then we're also going to bear the image of the heavenly. So there is the birth in the natural, there's a birth in the spirit. The birth in the spirit is a birth from above. Hallelujah. Are you getting this? You must be born from above. That's what I was telling him. The word seek actually means to understand, to know. Edo, I told you that before, to be aware. Now I'm going to be giving you a picture. How many of you understand that there is a whole wall around us even as we are here now and yet we can see it? Do you understand this? That is all the more reason why you have to be a spirit person. Because there's a whole wall around us that we can't see. Hallelujah. I'm going to be showing you something. There's a whole wall of activities going on even as we are sitting down here. I, I wish I can challenge you enough this morning to press on. Press on to the point where you can break through the veil that separates you from seeing the other side. Break through the veil that you can begin to hear God communicate to you. Break through the veil that you can have fellowship with angels. Break through the veils so that you are not just living here, you are an expression of the invisible because your connection and your root is in the invisible. Hallelujah! Okay, let me show you this. Can we turn, turn, turn with me to the book of Second Kings, chapter number six? Second Kings, chapter number six. There's a whole world of activities going on, but we can't see, we don't see, we don't understand. And Jesus is trying to make a statement. If you need to see that wall, if you can understand what that wall stands for, if you can begin to behold the reality of that wall, you must be born from above. Are you there with me, Second Kings? I'll start reading from verse number eight. That the king of Syria warred against Israel and took counsel with his servants, saying, In such and such a place shall be my camp. Or we're going to camp around them. And the man of God sent unto the king of Israel, saying, Beware that thou passest not such a place, for they that the Syria are come there. And the king of Israel sent to the place which the man of God told him and warned him of. And save himself there not once nor twice. I like that. Hallelujah. This king will have been destroyed. And the whole of Israel maybe will have been destroyed by the Syrians. If this king have not hearkened to the counsel given to him by the man of God. Some of us get into destruction not because God is not willing to save us, but we don't yield to the counsels of God. Hallelujah. Number three, say, number, I mean, number 11. Therefore, the heart of the king of Syria was so troubled for these things, and he called his servants and said unto them, Will ye not show me? Which of us is for the king of Israel? In other words, how is it that when I plan to do something, 
the king gets to know one of you is a betrayer who is leaking the secret to the king we are into battle and I said we are going to stay maybe on the north side or the south side let's come there and fight before we get to finish discussing this the king has sent his men there who is revealing the secret from this house it's like we don't log and trust ourselves can you please show me the person we want to take an oath today this man that is betraying us here in Syria we will know are you there with me Look at the next thing. And one of his servants said, verse number 12, None, my lord, O king, but Elisha, the prophet, that is in Israel. Tell her the king of Israel, the west that thou speakest in thy bedchamber. Hayaya. Did you get that? Nobody is doing this. The spirit of the Lord is communicating. The prophet can pick the vibration of what you are planning against his own people. Are you still there? He goes to the king and says, This is what that man is trying to do. You just put your camps there. And so it was nobody, it was God that was revealing the secret. And this man was so confused. Now watch what is going to happen. And he said, Go and spy where he is, that I may send and fetch him. Let's capture this man. And it was told him, saying, Behold, he is in Dalton. Therefore, send it either horses and chariots and a great host. And they came by night. And compounds the city about. That's heavy. <laughs> Hallelujah. Are you following this? Who is this man that is creating problems for us? One man called Elisha. Elisha? Okay, where does he stay? Say he stayed in Dalton. Okay, you go and get him. Bring him to me. Hallelujah. And they sent men to compound roundabout in the night. Now watch this. Look at the next thing. And when the servant of the man of God was risen early, and gone forth, behold, and host compiled the city both with horses and chariots. And the servant said unto him, Alas, my master, how shall we do? In other words, we are finished. Huh? And Elisha said, What is it? He said, Come and see. All over the place are chariots and houses. The king of Syria has come to capture everybody. In fact, they have succeeded in entry. This time, around, they could not be prevented. Hallelujah. And verse 16 said, And he said, Fear not, for they that be with us are more than they that be with them. But that was just a mere comfort to this man. The question is, Where are they? I can see the Syrian horses. I can see their chariots. Who are those that are with us that are more than they? How do you want me to believe a thing like that? Hallelujah. I, am I talking to somebody this morning? The problems you are facing, the solutions are there. God has sent solutions, but we don't see. So it's difficult for us to believe in somebody is telling you that this thing is over. Even when God sends the word and said, This thing is over. He said, Pastor, how could that be? I can see the trouble here. Hallelujah. Are you getting what I'm talking about now? Uh, the psalmist said, What do you mean? Some people are around with us more than they. But I can see those people. I can't see the one you're talking about. You are playing tricks on me. Hallelujah. And Elijah prayed. And I'm praying for you this morning as well. And said, Lord, 
I pray thee, do what? Open his eyes that he may see. Oh, that means this guy was blind. He was talking. He was seen, but he wasn't seen. What am I trying to say? Except he had come from above, you can't see. You can see, but you don't see. In other words, most of our life is ruled by the thing we see in the natural because we can see in the spirit. Therefore, you must be born again to see. That's what we're talking about. For you to see the other world, you must be born again. So it's not the issue of presenting card in a church. What do you see? After being born again five years now, you took on the crusade ground, signed the billboard and the card or whatever. And there you all came and they put you in church, put you on infant class and whatever it is. What are you still seeing since then? You're only signing off for a church. You are not yet born again. For they that are born again, see. <laughs> Hallelujah. He said, open his eyes that he may see. And the Lord opened the eyes of the young man and he saw. And behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots round about Elisha. Oh, come on. Now, now, I like that. The horses, the chariots were round about Elisha, not round about the city. They weren't coming for the city, they were coming for Elisha. Are you listening to me? They already say it's in Dalton. It's okay, let's go there. But they weren't coming for the city, they were coming for woman. Can I tell you this morning? Even if they are coming for you, they that are with you are more than they that are coming for you. You only need to see these things. That if God be for us, who can be against us? Oh, I wish you can catch that as a revelation. Men can trouble me, but they can't take away my connection with the Father. He saw horses and chariots round about Elisha, not round about the city. The target of the enemy is all preserved and protected by God. <laughs> see what see what God told Satan. Say, you can touch, you can touch his flesh, but you can't touch his spirit. What you want to preserve, you preserve. And so all these horses that descent were for Elisha alone, not just for the city. Now I like this story. He went on to say. Verse 18. And when they came down to him, Elijah prayed unto the Lord and said, Smite these people. In other words, he allowed them to come close enough. I prayed them with blindness. And he smote them with blindness according to the word of Elisha. And Elisha said unto them, This is not the way. Neither is this the city. Follow me. Oh, glory. Glory. And I will bring you to the man whom you seek. But he led them to Samaria. You see what? Get them blinded. You are looking for Elisha. So let me take you to Elisha. They never knew he was the one. Because Lord have said blind them. But you see, I'm not sure they were blind or they were groping. Because how could they be following Elisha? They were seen, but they were not seen. Come on, I'm not I'm talking to somebody. He gave them another understanding, another eye. They were blinded to the reality, but yet they were seen. So we see two blind people here. The first man was blind in the spiritual, but naturally he was seen. Now this man, this group of people, they were seeing the natural. He made it blind into the spirit. So that they could see Elijah, but they don't understand it was Elijah. 
I mean Elisha. And he said, let me take you to the man that you are looking for. And this is not the city. They were in the city. They knew when they, they were in the city. But you know, this is not the city. They agree with him. Why they were blinded. Hallelujah. There come a point in your life when it is not how many hours you pray but what you decree. <laughs> Are you still there? Am I against prayer? No. But you walk up to the place. How long did Jesus pray for Lazarus to comfort? Just a word. Lazarus, comfort. Is that not so? I was telling somebody the other day, like I think I've said it sometime here. He said, when you do a thing, it's not working. Or maybe pray for somebody and the person is not getting out of the situation. It's not because of lack of faith on the part of the man. Oh, your part. Don't get confused because you prayed and somebody is not healed. Or you're praying the person is not getting healed and they say, you don't have faith. Where was the faith of Lazarus? This man was dead, sir. Am I correct? He was dead. If the energy to bring the man out is not there, it's not there. It's not the issue of Lazarus doesn't have faith. Lazarus had none. Absolutely. He was there, the Bible says. <laughs> so it's not the issue of big faith or long faith or small faith, whatever. Mm-mm. If God is going to work, it's going to work. And if it's not going to work, it's not going to work. You can force him to change situations. Are you getting this? So keep your faith in the Lord. Know that he is always there for you. Okay. Now, he got them blinded and began to lead them and he led them to Samaria. And it came to pass when we had come into Samaria that Elisha said, Lord, open the eyes of these men that they may see. And the Lord opened their eyes and they saw. And behold, they were in the midst of Samaria. Ooh, that's not where they wanted to be. Hallelujah. You know, I was speaking to someone some there and said, But you see, David, Paul spoke to the man and he told him to be blind. And I said, For how long? They was say be blind for a season. Paul was not there to make the man perpetually blind. Please understand the scriptures. Just because you are perverting the gospel at that moment, say be blind for a season until I finish what I'm doing, you will open and see. Why? In the presence of your enemy shall the Lord prepare the white table. Let them see the reality of God. They don't have to be blind all the days of your life because somebody was oppressing you. <laughs> men who fail, men who think you are going to fail, they'll be blind until you get your victory. And then your eyes will be open to see the glory of God in your life. They be blind for a season. So when a girl does the Lord open their eyes. And the Bible said they open their eyes and where are they? And they were in Samaria. Verse 21. And the king of Israel said unto Elijah, when he saw them, My father! I like the connection. Shall I smite them? Shall I smite them? Oh, come on. <laughs> you see, he's so trusted in Elijah. He has come to believe so much in what his father says. He doesn't even want to act until he really finds conviction and approval from his father. Shall I smile them? He has the opportunity and their privilege and everything to smile these people because, of course, you know they were already blind. They were right now in his own hands. He has authority. He has the power. He has what it takes to destroy them. Shall I smile them? He just wanted an approval. <laughs> Are you getting what I'm talking about? Glory to God. And look at the next thing. And he answered it, but don't forget our connection. My father, 
Do you know that? Do, do you know? You know, there's something strong there that I want you to understand. He was a king. <laughs> no matter your authority and rulership, there is still a father for you. Understand this. We have been made prince and kings, sure enough. Even in the Old Testament, it was still so. You have this king, you have Elisha. You have King David, you have Nathan. You have King Ahab, you have Elijah. Come on. Do you understand what I'm saying? So, it's not just the issue of we be made prince and kings. Let's understand relationship. You can't remove the place of fatherhood in your working life. Just because you are a king sitting on the throne. Every king of the throne has got a father. Hallelujah. Check your decisions sometimes. Okay. And he answered, Thou shalt not smite them. Verse 22. Would thou smite those whom thou hast taken captive already? Wow. With thy sword and with thy bows. Set bread and water before them. That they may eat and drink and go to their master. <laughs> Hallelujah. Are you still there? Fear has been taken away. And he prepared great provisions for them. And when they had eaten and drunk, he sent them away. And they went to their master. So the bands of Syria came no more into the land of Israel. He said, when you do good to your enemy, you are heaping coal of fire. Upon his head. That's what it really means. Coal of fire doesn't mean fire prayer from heaven. Coal of fire means you make him come to the place where he can no longer think of fighting you. I explained this sometime here in the course of our Bible studies. Call of fire that Paul was talking about was this. In the old times, I remember in my village when I was young, when you come from the farm and the rains or whatever have beaten, the man you meet at home and you want to light your fire with the fire, will you go to that man to get some balls of coal? Is that okay? And when you get there and you give you the coal, you come and you light your own fire. So what Jesus, what Paul was actually teaching is if your next neighbor offends you so terribly and he comes for help, give him double. Do you understand what I'm saying? This is an enemy that came in that want to destroy this man. And what happened? The Bible says he gave them good food. And by the time they finished it, they went back home. They never came anymore. The war was over. To me, the food was a covenant. Hallelujah. They enter into a covenant, will no longer fight you. It's so simple. Instead of fighting wars, there are some things you can do to bring peace into your life and the life of relationship that you're having with other people. Do you understand that? It's not all the time you pray fire, prayer, and war, and war, and war, and war. Not all the time. There are so many things you can do to bring peace between you and the people. Very important. Your relationship. If you notice a crack on your relationship, do the best you can amend it. Before it becomes the whole world pulling down just because of a little crack. Glory to God. So, they got this great provision and they never came back. Let me give you another example. I'm going to give you two here. I'm going to get down to the New Testament and give you maybe one. Ha! Number 22. You know the story again of Balaam? Numbers 22. Let's read it. The book of Numbers, chapter 22, and verse number 30 and 31. 
And the ass said unto Balaam, you know, the ass was moving, Balaam was going to prophesy, do all of those kind of stupid things, remember that? And the ass threw this man down. Knock him down on the floor. So what's wrong with you, you bloody ass? Would have smite you. And the Bible said, and the ass said unto Balaam, I'm not I thy ass, upon which thou hast ridden ever since I was down unto this day. Was I even one to do so unto thee? And he said, Nay. Then, verse 31, the Lord opened the eyes of Balaam, and he saw. <laughs> the angel of the Lord standing in the way, and he saw drawn in his hand, and he bowed down his head and fell flat on his face. Hallelujah. Are you there? He was a prophet, but at that instant he was not seeing what was before him. He was blinded. Another scripture in the book of Mark. And I'll round up for you. Mark chapter number 8. We are so much afraid because we are not seen. We are so much afraid because we don't hear. We are so much afraid without knowing what God is doing and what God has done. All our fears is based on one simple fact, blindness. <laughs> blindness! To even how much love God has for us. Blindness! Why is my life like this? Why are things treating me like this? Blindness! Are you there? Mark chapter 8. I read from verse 22. Hallelujah! And he cometh to Bethsaida, and they bring a blind man unto him, and he besought him to touch him. Hello. Verse 23. And he took the blind man by the hand, and led him out of the town. And when he spit on his eyes, and put his hand upon him, he asked him if he saw off. And he looked up and said, I see men as trees walking. <laughs> Hallelujah. Are you there? I see men as trees walking. Now, if you read that again, he said, he taught his eyes again. He said, I see men the way they are. So what happened? The first instant, they brought him to the realm of spirits. He began to see spiritually. But you said, but he saw trees. That is how God sees people. <laughs> Hallelujah. He's talking about, remember what he's talking about? A man that planted a garden. Huh? Fruitful garden for that matter. And watered it. Remember the story? Was he talking about physical trees? He was talking about Israel. Okay, if that is too far away. What did Jesus say? When they were mourning for him on the cross. And he said, you don't need to weep for me. Before he was going, as he was going to the cross, he said, if they can do this to a green tree, how much more to the dry? What does that mean? He was a green tree. Huh? So God doesn't see people. See your nose and all of your colors and see you with clean shave like that guy or something like that. Maybe your hair is bushy. God is not seeing that. You see trees. In fact, what he's looking for is the fruit of the trees. Hallelujah. That is why Jesus had to go and remember the fig tree story? He wanted some fruit. Mm. 
But there were so many leaves. You know what that means? It was the house of Israel. He wanted the fruit of the spirit, but he had a lot of religion. And he said, No man will eat of thee anymore. You know what? I mean, Judaism should die from today. When he caused the tree, he caused Judaism. He was talking about people. He wasn't talking about the fig tree. He wasn't just trying to display authority. That is why people say, Wow, Jesus caused the fig tree, so you can do that. Ah, come on, think about what was he doing? He knew it was easy for Judaism to give way to the new order. So when this man eyes were open, what did he see? He saw trees. He said, I saw men walking as trees because that is the way they were, and that is the way they are in the spirit. To God, you are trees, trees of righteousness, the plantings of the Lord. Have you read that from the book of Isaiah? That is who you are. You don't see people, we see trees. We see the fruit. That's why I say, By their fruit, you shall know them. Does human being bear fruit? <laughs> what did Jesus say? By their fruit, you shall know them. You know what? Is this a mango tree or a guava tree? So, what tree are you? I don't know. <laughs> but by your own fruit, I will know what tree you are. Amen. Are you there with me? Open the eyes and he saw. He brought him into the realm of spirits. What are we saying? That instant, I can tell you, this man was born again. He was born from above so he could see. Are you there? Hallelujah. I want you to catch this because I'm sure it's simple enough. You know what? It's simple. Huh? <laughs> Glory to God. Right. The word blind is crucial. The Greek word is toughless. It means opaque, as if smoky. Mentally blind. Something is opaque, you know, seen very well. Some of us, by reason of age and the the corruption that is in the body, we've got to get some bottles on our faces to be able to see clearly. <laughs> Somebody remove his own. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> I didn't say glasses, I said bottles. <laughs> you know, said that, but it's not age or the corruption within the system. Are you getting what I'm saying? We hang on some bottles to be able to see. Otherwise, we see, you know, no pick form. We look at people. What's happening? <laughs> we just keep cleaning there. You might be standing before us to find out whether it's a human being or a tree. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> so we have to assist the true science, get some bottles, and now we can see clearly. Is that okay? So when somebody is blind, that means not seeing well. Is that okay? Now Jesus said you have to be born again or from above to be able to see well. And when you begin to see well, you will see that all around us is God's kingdom. Hallelujah. So you begin to understand that the whole world of activity around us quick cannot be seen with the natural eyes. Now let me give you an example. When a baby is formed in the womb, he is in his own world. Am I correct? He doesn't know what is light, he doesn't know what is color, he doesn't know what is sound. But it's existing in the womb. But now, for him to appreciate life, he has to be born. Do you understand what I'm saying now? When he left the mother's womb, he left that region 
or one wall to another wall. He came out of darkness into light. Now he can see. Now he can taste. Now he can perceive. And in fact, when the baby cries, say, Oh goodness, thank God I have left darkness into light. Now I can see. I have been in that heavy water system all these nine months, God. <laughs> so when he cries, when the baby cries, he just said, Thank God for light. And then the next because the darkness has been told long, you see, we try to see how his eyes can open. And the mother will say, You see now. Huh? Hallelujah. From one wall to another wall. So what are we saying? You are in the physical, and when you are born again, you are born into another wall. You begin to see things happening over there. You are here, but you are seeing. Am I communicating? So born again is not just signing a card, my brother. It's not signing a card and going to church. No, 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 no. It's gone beyond that. It's gone beyond that. He's saying, once you are born again, you begin to see things that you cannot ordinarily see. The things you don't understand, you begin to understand them. Life begins to make meaning to you. Because there's a contact. Listen, I call these the interfaith beings. You are in the natural, yet you are in spirit. That is how God wants us to live. That is what Jesus was telling Nicodemus. Say, Nicodemus. You can't live the way I'm living now. Except something happens to you from above. I am from above. So if you must join me in my own realm, you've got to receive a new birth. Come on. Am I talking to someone? That is why he said, said man is born by the word and the spirit. What is the word and the spirit? He's not talking about anything. Water and spirit. Talking about the word of God and the Holy Spirit. The mother I give out to you is the church. That is why you don't have to belong to a church that cannot give back to you into God's kingdom to see the reality of what the kingdom of God is all about. It's not about what you can get from God. It's about what you can become. You see what Elisha did to the servant? That was a new bed. The true ministry that can make you see that is the rebed. Do you understand what I mean? That is what God sent ministries to do. To give back to you. So that you can see as you ought to see. So wherever you find yourself, you know you are with God. He can talk with you, you can talk with Him. You can lie down, and wherever you lie down becomes the house of God. Better. With a ladder reaching up to heaven. Because your spirit is now in connection. Are you there? You must be born again. I send it this money. Every one of you hearing my voice. Don't tell me you have been in church for 20 years. No. That is religion. That is signing a card and belonging to a church. And somebody asks you a question, say, our church is a big church. Our church is the biggest church. Who cares? Are you born again? That's a question. It's not how big your church is. No. It's not how big your bishop is. That have nothing to do with God. The Pharisees were such a large and a big congregation, if you will, when Jesus came. But yet he was speaking to a Pharisee, a rabbi of the rabbi. You must be born again. Say, brother, you can't see what I'm seeing now. Except that something happened to you from above. If you want to come over here, receive a new bed. What is my role to you this morning? I'm just a midwife. Come on. Are you there with me? Helping to bet you into your reward. I'm just a midwife to you. 
The ministry that God has sent us to proclaim across the nation is just that of a midwife to beg people into God's kingdom to see what they ought to see and to know what they should know. That is all. That is my concern. That's my passion. Hallelujah. Are you there? That's why in 1 Corinthians 2 verse 9 the Bible says, As it is written, I have not seen, nor ear high, neither have entered into the heart of men the things which God has prepared for them that love him. You don't see because you are not born again. I have not seen, he have not heard, neither has he entered in terms of awareness the thing that God has prepared for them, for those that do what? That love him. You don't know what God has for you because you are not born again. <laughs> are you still there? Am I helping your spirit? Because you must come to that level of understanding. You must come to that level of awareness. And so finally in the book of Psalm chapter 34 verse number 7 the Bible says And the angel of the Lord encamp round about them that fear him and delivereth them. Is that not what happened to Elijah? Elijah there? The angels of the Lord encamp round about them that fear him and delivereth them. Psalm 37, Psalm 34, verse number 7. The angel of the Lord. And that is why you find that it happened to Elisha. The Bible says, When the eyes of the servant was, you find that a lot of angels were all around who? Elisha. Because the angels of the Lord, they come round about those that fear him. You don't know how many angels are around you. That is why your fear is so thick and strong. Your fear is so thick and strong because you don't know that there are angels around you that are keeping you going and making sure the king of Syria can touch you. Hallelujah. I came to declare to you this morning. There might be the king of Syria, but there are a lot of hosts around you. Do you understand? Just like Elijah helped Elijah, I wish and I pray this morning you can be helped to come to that place where you can truly know that I have angels walking around me. I so believe this for years that I don't walk alone, no matter how you feel or how you think. I think little children are some of those people who are born again before we get them corrupted. By our thinking. Because the mentality of the people are corrupted. You know why I have to know that? You see? Sometimes you see little children, you carry them and they will shake. You say, what is it? See, 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 see. Have you seen that? They will show you this. What are you seeing? Say, see, see. And then you say, it's a devil. It could be an angel. But you don't see what the child is seeing, you think it's a devil. And you tell the child to run away. The angel came to, to minister. Why? Because you are blinded. And then the next thing you start rebuking. And because you are so, you are creating so much confusion, the angel decides to go back. And he said, The deliverance are taking place. They were angels of the Lord. Hallelujah. What do you need? The fear of the Lord. So the angel of the Lord, they camp around those who do what? They fear him. The more you see into the realm of spirit by reason of your new birth, the more changes and boldness you're going to go with in life. That you can cruise through any system without being afraid because you know you are not alone.
Say, they that are with us are more than those that are with them. The Lord bless you.